Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to India on 99.94, the home of cricket audio. I'm Nikesh Raghani, BBC broadcaster, commentator and journalist based in the UK, also found in places like uh, SEN and uh, Wisden. And uh, my co-host, Sarah Waris of uh, Wisden herself as well. And uh, remember, we are your home of India content. We'll be here several times each week discussing all the issues that you hopefully uh, want discussed. You can find us uh, in your favourite podcast apps on YouTube or in our 99.94 app. Thank you very much for joining us here on Cricket's Conversation Uh, And today, Sarah, we're going to kick off starting uh, with the Zimbabwe tour, which has just concluded at the time of recording. India winning the ODI series 3-0. No real great surprise in that. Uh, The third match, though, going a little bit closer than uh, a lot of Indian fans would have been too comfortable with, a 13-run victory. But uh, a 3-0 victory nonetheless. What what, what can we take away from that first and foremost? What, What are the headlines? Is it fine to say that I wanted Zimbabwe to win in the end? Like, you know, just how Sikandar Raza was playing and somehow, you know, supporting the underdog because the win would have meant so much more to them than probably what it means to India in the long term. Kind of 1% was hoping Zimbabwe wins. Happy India won. No issues, no complaints. Lot of positives, a few question marks. Uh, but we'll take the win. Indeed, yeah. Sikandar Raza, big, big shout out to him. Been outstanding for Zimbabwe in recent times. And, uh, you know, if he carries on, he, he could well go on to be one of their uh, all-time great batters that, that they've ever produced. Uh, you know, keep scoring centuries for funders. No matter who you put in front of him, uh, usually uh, ends up yeah. with that three-figure score, doesn't he? You mentioned a lot of question marks there. A lot of, uh, you know, performances to talk about as well. Let, let's just get stuck in. Kale Rahul. He was the captain in this series. He's going to be part of the Asia Cup squad as well. He's one of the few first-teamers, if you like, involved in this particular squad for Zimbabwe. KL Rahul, the leader. We've talked about this before, haven't we? We're not convinced he's the right man to take India forward as as the next captain. I mean, look, there's no vacancy available at the moment. Rohit Sharma is the captain across all three formats, apart from when... India have situations like this where they're playing, uh, you know, a lot of cricket and uh, they end up sending weaker sides to play these white ball series. But Kale Rahul, the leader, have we learned anything new? Is it just same old, same old? Was he still a bit quiet, a bit sort of, you know, not, not proactive enough and, and all those sorts of things that we've seen before? I think so. How do you feel? I feel the same. You know, over the course of these three matches, um, there was we spoke before that, Three matches might not mean a lot, but it means so much for KL Rahul, the captain. And I'm not sure those questions are answered. Like, uh, India won the toss. Uh, they uh, they didn't bat first in the uh, first ODI. When you know KL Rahul is coming back after a long uh, injury break and he 
could have uh, India could have batted first. He could have opened. He didn't open. You know, just to get get some game time ahead of the Asia Cup, where he is expected to open the innings. Uh, he opened in the second ODI, but then uh, didn't get much. Uh, uh, he opened today, scratchy knock, wasn't very impressed. Uh, and throughout the series, there were a number of questionable selection calls, like um, Shardul Thakur played in the second ODI, um, possibly, you say, to uh, strengthen the batting order when you didn't really need the batting order to be strengthened that much. I would have wanted Avish Khan to play in the second ODI because he's in the uh, Asia Asia Cup squad. So possibly, you know, try uh, people in the Asia Cup squad ahead of uh, Shardul maybe. Um Today, we saw that the pitch was a little slow, assisting the spinners. Deepak Huda was given one over and then taken off the attack. Shardul Thakur, not the best death bowler, was given uh, the responsibility in the end. So there were a lot of, you know, this and that and not very impressive. Uh, And India could well have lost the match today, which, you know, says a lot. Yeah, I mean, you, obviously, you can't blame the captain if if they did go on and lose. Uh, you know, some yeah. of his decisions could come into question, certainly. But it, it wouldn't be one man's fault if that was to happen. But uh, all right, Kale Rahul, the leader. I think we've we've harped on about that quite a bit, and we're both in agreement that look, we're not impressed. Clearly, the BCCI and and the management seem to see something in this guy. He's obviously captain at IPL level, and and they like him as a leader. Look, he's. On his day, when he's in good form, we talked about his batting form briefly there. When he's in good form, he's terrific to watch. He's, you know, if he's in form, he should be in your 11 in most formats, uh, if not at least two out of the three. And we'll discuss that in just a moment as well. Um, But just the way Indian cricket is going at the moment with the whole, you know, in T20s and ODIs, we attack, attack, attack. We're going down the route that England went down in 2015, where they, you know, Owen Morgan got this group of guys together and said, you know what, we just go hard. And if we lose wickets, we keep going hard. And and even when we're in the field, we go hard. We look to take wickets. We're, we're going to be all out attack. He's not that type of character naturally, is he? And and that might be a problem. Yeah, Roy Sharma is probably not that kind of character, really. But Roy Sharma commands so much respect that he says something, everybody follows him into war. Kale Rahul isn't quite at that level yet, is he? And, you know, he he might get there one day. We don't know. You know, he might develop in the next couple of years and Roy Sharma steps down and he might be ready to step into that role. But, you know, when you look at Kohli beforehand and, and you know, the way he was and the amount of success that India had under Kohli and now Roy Sharma trying to stamp a similar kind of authority across the white ball sides in terms of the way they play their cricket, this would be going down a completely different route. Uh, but I suppose, look, we we don't have to worry about that just yet. Roy Sharma is still there. Uh, KL Rahul uh, is, you know, he, he's going to be in the squad as a batter on merit if he is there. And that's what I want to discuss. The batting, yes, he didn't open in the first innings, uh, in the first ODI, and India didn't lose a wicket, so he didn't get a bat. Then he decided, well, hang on, this this looks quite easy. If I don't open, I might not get a chance to to have a bat. So he ends up opening in the second ODI. India do end up losing five wickets. One of them is him, one from five. 
didn't look good at all in that short stay at the crease. And then, again, as you say, a very scratchy 30 from 46 in the final game as well. Didn't find his rhythm at all. Has been out injured, yes. But you've got the likes of Shubman Gill, 130 from 97 today, knocking on the door in that opening slot across formats, but particularly in ODIs as well. Kale Rahul's place, is it under pressure yet? Are we still a way off that, do you think? See, in ODIs, I think the best spot for him is still number five because India have too many opening options. There's Gil now, there's Rohit Dhawan. Dhawan's strike rate is an issue of late, but India somehow have locked him in for the World Cup. Uh, in T- T20Is, again, like we had spoken earlier, um, I'm not very sure how he will adapt to this new approach. He's not played a single T20Is uh, in 2022. Uh, in the IPL, we know that he can uh, score a 50 or 14 balls also, but then he scores 600 runs at 120-odd strike rate too. So there are both sides. It's just, you know, on his day, which KL Rahul comes comes in. Um this series, I think, was not about uh, is he fixed in the eleven. I think he will play uh, in the near future. It was just, you know, about getting some game time. And he did look scratchy, which uh, ahead of the Pakistan match, you know, can be a question mark for uh, like a concern for India. They'd be thankful that China Freedy is not there. So one concerned less for them uh but still um yeah you know Rahul is fixed for now but it would be interesting to see what happens in the future if he can adopt to this new approach because we have seen Rohit Sharma who is slightly you know uh, cautious in T20Is even Virat Kohli uh they have adopted to this approach very well so I think KL Rahul has to adopt to this it's you know, he has no other option because even the big stars have done it. And I think that's just how India want to play going forward. So he will have to do it. And if he doesn't, I don't think this Indian management will be scared to, you know, uh, take the tough call. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, look, we're not selectors. We've obviously got an opinion like everybody has. But yeah, yeah, you just look at the amount of batting talent that India has. And if if one of those guys isn't in form, there's, there's a whole queue of people waiting who are in form. So they might yeah. take your place. You've got to go back and to wherever, get your form back and, and come back and, and try and make the most of a second opportunity if you get one. You know, Shubman Gill, 130 from 97. Yes, it's against Zimbabwe, but, you know, they're a test-playing nation. You know, they're, they're not minnows of world cricket. Yeah, they might be minnows in yeah. terms of the test-playing nations. But Zimbabwe, for a long time, have have always competed and they've been through some incredibly tough times and they've come back and they've produced some decent results in uh, the last couple of years. So, you know, 130 from 97 against anyone uh, who is a test-playing nation um, is is a brilliant effort. First ODI 100 for Shubman Gill. First of many, we hope. uh, Ishan Kishan with 50 from 61 as well. Yeah, the strike rate wasn't over 100, but, you know, it's an ODI. He he got back some form, uh, which he's been lacking of late, showed a bit of maturity through that innings as well. Uh, We've talked about Deepak Huda previously, uh, waiting there in line. Shreyas Iyer in this format as well. 
there, there is a list and, and I don't think he's nailed on for that number five in the ODI side and, and certainly in the T20 side looking forward as well. There are so many other options and um, ultimately, look, he's, he's got a great record at international T20, uh, T20s and, and that is what I think is keeping him in the reckoning at the moment because if you look at his IPL record in recent seasons, the runs are there but the strike rate drops off dramatically throughout his innings after the power play, doesn't it? So, so that, that could be a potential other issue as well. But look, this is not about bashing Kale Rahul. It's just, oh, it's no, just about uh, asking the, the questions, yeah, so, really. Yeah, on a um, related note, I, I just came across this uh, stat. I hadn't noticed this before that Joe Root and Kale Rahul are from the same under-19 badge. Uh, and, you know, Joe Root has gone on to become this legend in English cricket. And KL Rahul is, yeah, he's a superstar, but he's not really a superstar. He's just still considered a player who can go on to achieve so much more. So, will his career, you know, uh, end up, uh, will he live up to his potential? That's the question uh, worth asking. Yeah, well... He's been unlucky with injuries, but... Yeah, he has been unlucky with injuries, but look, as you say, look, he's he's not getting any younger. He's not one of the younger members of the team. He's he's a sort of vice captain in this mm-hmm. format and and leading the side in Zimbabwe as well. So he's he's a senior player in the side, and you'd say based on that, no, he hasn't quite lived up to his potential. But he's still got time on his side. Let's let's talk about Deepak Jaher because a lot of eyes are on Jaher before the start of this series. Again, coming back from injury, a spell on the sidelines. Comes back in the first ODI with three for 27. Fantastic performance. Everyone's raving about Deepak Jaher's back. Look at all the options we've got, uh, particularly when you look forward to T20s as well, because that is where he's perhaps seen as a bit more of a specialist. But then today, albeit in an ODI, two for 75, 75 runs off his 10 overs. Um, That's a hammering, isn't it? Yeah, he picked up a couple of wickets, but uh, got taken to the cleaners. Yeah. And I don't think he's fully fit also. He didn't play the second ODI. Uh, We don't really know why. uh, Possibly to manage his workload. That's why he's been uh, probably a standby in the Asia Cup and not in the main squad. Uh, I don't think he's fully fit yet. But uh, yeah, 75 runs against one of the weaker sides is... Though they did... Zimbabwe played very well today... um, shows possibly that um, India might not obviously it's against Zimbabwe only to say but I would still like there's just place for Bhuvneshwar Kumar or Deepak Chair in my 11 I know many people want him this is for T20Is I know many people want both of them to play uh, in the T20 World Cup uh, but I would still say on current form fitness I don't see Cheher is fully fit right now also. Uh, I would still want Bhuvi in D11 over Cheher. Uh, just because Bhuvi can bowl in the depth also. Uh, and yeah, he's been keeping fit. Bhuvi recently said don't want to jinx it because he's also been very unlucky with injuries. He's been keeping fit. He has plenty of experience. He's been very economical. Uh, so right now, I would like it's slightly tilted in Bhuvi's favor, and Cheher might still have to, you know, wait, uh, wait it out to 
15, the 11. Yeah, look, Jahir has bowled at the death on occasion in IPL and, and things like yeah. that, but he's not a very effective death bowler. And we've seen Anastoni using yes, him almost sorry. all four yeah. up front at times, haven't we, as well? And you're right, Bhuvi gives you that different dimension. I just saw this that last IPL, uh, 2021, he didn't bowl in, uh, he didn't play 2022. Uh, he just bowled five overs in the death. So if a captain like Dhoni bowl, doesn't bowl you in the death, you know that, you know, that's not your strength at all. Because Dhoni is known for taking these gambles and everything. But that is the biggest proof that, you know, it's better to just finish him off in the first 10-15 overs. Uh, and India would want all-rounded bowlers like Arshdi, Bumrah, uh, Bhuvi, who can bowl at any stage. So I would still think that these three are my first choice for the T20 World Cup. Let's talk about the captaincy just a little bit more and, and not focus on Kale Rahul, but split captaincy. Because, look, India have been seen as, as front runners in this new modern world of cricket where you're playing... Every day of the week, twice on a Sunday, almost uh, in in you know 190 countries around the world, or you know it's not quite that much, but you, you get the point, right? They're 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 living this jet set lifestyle, but it's it's pretty tough on all these cricketers, especially if you are an international cricket captain, having to go from tour to tour, play in every format like Roy Sharma still does, and look, he's going to sit out the odd tour like he has Zimbabwe. And they're going to schedule more of these things in um, in the future, you'd imagine, as well. And he can't do it all. So do you then look at a stage where, look, Roy Sharma's not getting any younger. Is he really one of your best T20 batters? The debate's up there. You could argue no. You could argue, yeah, he's he's got the experience. He can do it. He's, you know, the man for the big occasion, whatever you might think. Or you might think, look, there's this whole crop of young guys performing week in, week out in the IPL year after year, coming into the national side, doing well whenever they're given opportunities. And then the big boys come back and they're all of a sudden drop back onto the sidelines. So look, that his, his place in, say, the T20 side might be up for debate. He might decide to even call it quits in ODIs after the next World Cup. Yeah. Because, you know, what would be the point? He's not going to carry on until 2027, which would be the one after that. So then do you look next year at some point at a contingency plan where you split the captaincy like England have done, like Australia have done between test cricket and white ball cricket? Because it's, look, it's, it's worked well for England maybe not in terms of their test performances in recent years, but certainly in the white ball formats. Owen Morgan was the man. He had a vision. He was the leader. And look at all the things he achieved. They were the best white ball side in the world for, for a good chunk of time. Australia have done the same thing. Aaron Finch has gone and won the T20 World Cup with that side. And they're building a very, very strong white ball squad at the moment and uh, still competing in test cricket. Um with Pat Cummins in charge now, and, and they've had, you know, Tim Payne and, and others before that, Steve Smith, etc. But, you know, they split it. They're the other two out of the big three, aren't they, in inverted commas. So why can't India do it? Why have they been reluctant to do it? Why did Virat Kohli get pushed out when he suggested it? Because he wanted to give up the T20 captaincy, didn't he? 
And then they came out with this thing, oh, we want one white ball captain. So you're going to be sacked as ODI captain, basically. And you could... and after that, India have fielded. Yeah, well, so everyone's been captain. I mean, I, I might that, yeah. put in an application to be captain on their next tour of uh, you know, Nepal yeah. or wherever it might be <laughs> um, in, in, a, in a one-off uh, T20 series scheduled in between yeah. like, you know, two or three test series or whatever it might be. Um, it's, it's, yeah, they've, they've, they've experimented. They've got to know some of these uh, different players and, and different ways in which they captain. And a decision is going to have to be made sooner or later. Roy Sherman coming to the end, as I said, do they look down that split captaincy? Will they do that? Because look, Coley was not only forced out of the ODI captaincy. Yes, he quit the test captaincy ultimately, but there was a feeling of, look, they've fallen out. There's no coming back from this. They don't want Coley in charge of the test team and not in charge of the white ball teams. And it was inevitable, you felt. So he just made the decision before they came calling or, you know, in the next selection meeting, just said, oh, sorry, mate, we don't need you anymore or whatever it might be, because that's how ruthless they can be. That's how ruthless they were when they sacked him as ODI captain. They did it an hour before a test selection meeting. So, you know, they need to get their house in order as well, the BCCI. But if they can do that, will this be a viable option for them? Split the captaincy between tests and white ball? I think unofficially that is is the case right now like it's obviously been de- uh, depends on uh, tour to tour uh, series to series rohit sharma when he's not playing uh, test matches he's in uh, the captain in the odi team when he's not there in the odis he's well, the captain in the test format. Uh, so I think India have kind of adopted this split captaincy thing. It's They've just not given an official term to it yet. Uh, but I think this is how it will be. Like, India might have different captains. Uh, I think they will still continue to name one captain, one all-format captain, so to say, just to remove any conflict or whatever because I don't know the BCCI is someone who just wants to stay away from they don't want to take these hard decisions so to say they removed Kohli uh, but I don't see BCCI naming two captains uh, but I think it will still be you know it will still depend on format to format and series to series Uh I would want that, but will it even matter? Like if Hardik Pandya plays the ODIs, he might not play the T20I series. So because of the workload management and all, and I, that's that's what I feel. It will just be uh, one captain, but there will be many other captains around him. Uh, which also makes me believe that, you know, the role of the coach will increase and even more because there will be one coach across uh, formats like Rahul Ravid is there now though Lakshman takes up uh, his duties whenever he's not around Uh, but it will be the coach who will be running the show more than the captain is what I feel. Just before I come back on that, uh, just a reminder that uh, 99.94 is more than just this podcast. Jared Kimber has Red Inca that focuses deeply on uh, cricket topics from the global game. There's also Double Century, a look at the history of the game. There are other podcasts on other teams 
as well. Go over and listen to West Indies on 99.94 for cricket's best Caribbean coverage. England on 99.94 has the north and south of the uh, the country covered there. South Africa on 99.94 as well is looking at uh, the radically changing nature of cricket in the Rainbow Nation. You can find them all on your podcast apps on YouTube or via the 99.94 app. Yeah, just that point on the will they take the hard decision, the BCCI. I mean, why not? Look, ultimately, this whole new approach in white ball cricket, they've looked at the global game. I think they've looked in particular at England and Owen Morgan's template for his white ball teams during his tenure as captain before the tour of England this summer, the white ball series. And they basically said, look, that's what we want to be. That's that's who we want to be. We want to be like that side. We just want to go all out attack. All the phrases that Rohit Sharma was using are like that. And if you're going to do that, then why not sort of go take it a little bit further and look at the way England have done it. And look, I'm not saying England are the most, you know, they're not the blueprint for a successful team across all formats because they've struggled in test mm. cricket and and they've had their problems. But you look at Australia, you look at England, you look at the way the game is evolving, the game is changing, schedules are getting tighter, windows for franchise tournaments are getting bigger, there's less international cricket. But when you are playing international cricket as well as domestic cricket you are non-stop traveling around the world and playing cricket you probably don't know what day of the week it is half the time as well why would you want to put all that pressure on one man to be your captain across formats I mean Roy Sharma could still play white ball cricket does he need to be the captain in white ball cricket or or alternatively he could be your captain in white ball cricket and he could still be a test opener but why don't you give your test captaincy well, why didn't you leave it with Kohli, to be honest? Because there's no real <laughs> a viable other option, maybe apart from Bumrah. Yeah. You don't want to put that kind of pressure on him. But look, a couple of years down the line and those names will change. Rohit Sharma might not be on the scene anymore. And why would you want to put all that pressure on just one person to lead across all three formats? I, I just don't see it working in the future of cricket. I don't think it's a particularly sensible move. It puts a lot of pressure on and You've got to look at the commercial aspect as well, because being the captain of the Indian cricket team is it, it puts you in the shop window, doesn't it? it? In terms of commercial revenue, and you're the face of Indian cricket. It's it's you know it's like being the prime minister in most countries, isn't it? You are the figurehead. You you know the nation looks to you every time there's a big tournament on. It's your face at the forefront. Every big series, you're the man who's out there posing with the trophy at the toss, giving all the interviews, the press conferences. And ultimately, you're going to get a lot of work commercially off the back of that as well with advertising revenue and all those sorts of things. So how how does that work out then? If you've got one captain, fine. But then if you've got one captain on paper, but then really you've got 12 captains across the year, that's a bit stupid as well, isn't it? I mean, maybe you give it to a guy, the white ball captaincy, who's not going to get into your test side or not going to get into your test side regularly anyway. He might force his way back in. Hardik Pandya. There you go. He's he's out of the reckoning in test cricket at the moment. They don't seem to feel the need to play him. There was a time when, look, Hardik Pandya in test cricket was like a godsend, wasn't it? A fast bowling all-rounder. 
who could slot in there at number six or seven, could score your runs, could take your wickets. You know, that Fifer at Trent Bridge in 2018 sticks in the memory as well. You know, that's the Hardik Pandya that was the ultimate test cricketer that India have been calling out for since Kapil Dev. But it didn't happen. It probably won't happen in the future, given his fitness issues and all that. Will he be able to bowl 20 overs a day across five days in the test match? Maybe not now. So why don't you look at somebody like Hardik Pandya, who's just going to focus on white ball cricket, and then give the test captaincy to somebody who might play test cricket and might play ODIs and T20s as well, like Joe Root does for England or did for England when he was test captain, but doesn't need that added responsibility of captaining across all three formats because that is huge pressure. You've got 1.5 billion people watching your every move all year round. You don't need that all the time. You, you know, Give it to some other guy. You, you take it over. I'll just come out and bat or bowl or whatever. Just, just do my thing. And I think also with, uh, you know, having so many captains, Pant was the captain in, uh, again, South Africa, then Shikhar Dhawan, then there's Hardik Pandya, then KL Rahul now. Uh, the bunch of youngsters is the same. There's some, most of the squads will have Sanju Samson, Shubman Gill, Gaikwad, Ishan Kishan. If there are so many captains, possibly it just, you know, adds so much of confusion in the minds of the youngster also because... Uh, Hardik Pandya might have a more aggressive approach from what we've seen in the IPL and what we've, uh, like, you know, just his persona as such. Uh, KL Rahul might, ha- might have a very relaxed uh, persona. So you know, if it changes from series to series, I think this will just uh, mess up the youngsters also who are coming in because most of these players, Avesh Khan, for example, is... Um, they are just still finding their feet in international cricket. They are not experienced players. So I agree with your point that having one fixed captain um, is obviously, like, for one format is the best move. Uh, I was just wondering if BCCI will do it because uh, when they removed Kohli, they had this absurd reason that we need one captain and all that. When, ironically, the women's team had two captains then. They had Mithali Raj and they had Harman Pritkar for the two uh, for the different formats. So we don't know how the BCCI functions. Yeah, but you you yeah. know they. I mean, come on. Like when it comes to women's cricket, hopefully, look, we do see a women's IPL next year and more investment in women's cricket. But look, traditionally, they've they've not really cared about women's cricket. I mean, there's people in the yeah. BCCI who probably don't even know all, I all the squad members. I would have been shocked if they didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So let, let alone the captains, right? You know, but it's, I know, but we're, we're only messing around. But it, they haven't traditionally cared that much about the women's game. So they wouldn't have compared that. And, and even that, that wouldn't have even come yeah. into their thought process um, regarding the captaincy and the fact that, look, Mithali is the ODI and Test captain. When, and, yeah. you know, um, it's it's different in the ODIs with Harman Preet taking the side. So that that's, that's not the issue. But, you're right. They they just don't want to take difficult decisions. Yeah. Also, this excuse was very weird because Dhoni and uh, Kohli did that for uh, around two or three years when uh, Kohli was yep. in uh, the captain in one uh, white ball and uh, Kohli was the captain in Test cricket. So it was just a way to remove uh, Kohli, uh, which was very unfortunate after all that he's done and whatever it was. It was unfortunate. Uh, but 
yeah that, that's what makes me think if bcci you know will after all that will they backtrack and then go the split captaincy way or will they just continue having different captains for different series and all that uh but as i said i would want a fixed captain at least because all these players are youngsters the gaikwads gills and they want some kind of security some you know one method of playing yeah. one they know that okay this method is working i will uh, go and play in this way so which is what again my uh, concern with split coaching also it's not really a split coaching mechanism in indian cricket right now uh, dravid is the coach during the big series and lakshman during the smaller series like he's in charge of uh, uh he was in charge of the island series and now the zimbabwe series we'll come to that hang on just we'll, we'll come to that in just a second sara yeah um but just before we do i just want to tell you that if you do love cricket and you want to hear more you can head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all our podcasts and also our commentary we are the home of cricket audio online where we're adding new shows and covering series and the best way to follow us is via our app or on social media at 99.94dm and uh, welcome to cricket's conversation and we'll continue that conversation sara split coaching you were saying lakshman taking charge of the not so high profile series yeah. look lakshman is in charge of uh, the National Cricket Academy, the under-19s, the India A-side. So he knows a lot of these young guys, as Rahul Dravid did when he was in that role as well. But why why not split the coaching? Other teams have done it as well. Look, I'm sitting here in England with Brendan McCullum as the test coach, Matthew Mott as the white ball coach. They've, you know, Trevor Bayliss was in charge of both before and, and found it a bit too much, really, because all the focus he put into white ball cricket, then sort of affected them in red ball cricket, didn't it? And they didn't have a good time under Trevor Bayliss in test cricket. Yeah. And they realised that, look, we need to go back down this route. Chris Silverwood did the same thing, obviously, after Bayliss and was in charge of, of all the teams and just found it difficult. I mean, you, you, you look at some of these guys, these international coaches who take charge of all three formats. It's not easy. It's not easy doing that. And we talk about the captaincy causing that pressure and that headache and, you know, non-stop cricket around the world. Being a coach, it's it's a lonely place at the top, isn't it? Being a, a an international cricket coach, because you've not quite got the same power as a captain. You're there to guide more than you are to lead. It's not like in football where the manager, the coach is the one you all look to and the captain is just somebody to G you up on the field. Cricket is is heavily all about the captain when you're out there on the field the captain makes all these decisions and they're at the forefront of absolutely everything it's not the manager it's not the coach it's the captain um but being a coach therefore is a very very lonely place to be and you know with all this uh you know mental health coming to the forefront and people talking about how difficult it can be in those environments why not just look after these guys these legends of indian cricket and just let them focus on one aspect of the game. And that way, as you said, with the younger players, even if your main captain isn't available for a lower-profile series, you've still got that same white ball coach and that same philosophy and that same father figure and that same security about, look, I'm still going to get a run in this side for the next 
couple of months or whatever. It doesn't matter if I don't perform. I've just got to go out, trust my process and do what I do. And this coach believes in me and has given me that backing. Whereas if you've got Dravid saying that to you and then Lakshman comes in for a series or two, you're going to yeah. be wary, aren't you? That's going to be more pressure on the youngsters as well. So just just create those environments where everybody knows who's in charge. Everybody knows the process. Everybody knows the philosophy. And you're all singing from the same hymn sheet and, and off you go and uh, enjoy your cricket a little bit more without that added pressure. That's To me, that's logical. But again, I don't know if the BCCI will go for that. I don't know what's in Dravid's contract and, and whether, you know, there, there's a way to get out of that. I think the first step to having split coaching is like the England team have followed is to have two different entirely or uh, two different setups for white ball and for test cricket right now there is one captain uh so i don't think split coaching works if there is just one captain uh you because rohit sharma can't uh work with rahul ravid for example in the test setup and then work with some other coach in the white ball setup it can work but i don't see that working either you have continuity across all formats or um you have a different coach and a different uh, captain tell them that this is your department you will totally be in charge of this sec- sector uh i don't see how rohit sharma uh, so that's i think that's the first step for bcci to you know completely segregate the two uh, for uh, two setups white ball and test cricket and say this is how we are going to approach white ball and te- um white ball t20is odis in the future with this captain this coach uh and this is how we are going to go ahead in test cricket uh i think that's the first step uh to have different captains also um as you said lakshman is there uh, dravid is there it though i hope there is communication between both of them but even if you know one small point uh, lakshman way uh, differs from uh, from dravid it can you know just cause confusion and you never know how it impacts the youngster because most of these youngsters are still finding their feet in international cricket so you just want some kind of continuity uh, which i think right now has been overlooked because indian cricket is so strong that you know is just whoever comes in captains india is winning okay great but in the long term when these players are no longer there like there's no rohit sharma there's no dhawan there's no bhuvi and a younger lot of uh, players are in the side you want some kind of continuity across formats which i think bcci hope hopefully is thinking about and we'll probably see this uh, uh, after the T20 World Cup or the 2023 World Cup next year. Yeah, we will indeed. And uh, you're right, a lot of the players getting on in their careers. You know, we hope to see another couple of years from some of those guys you mentioned. Uh, but look, in a couple of years, Indian cricket will look very different. Uh, the future does look bright with all the talent coming through, uh, but we'll just wait and see uh, who goes on and, and does what. And if the BCCI do decide to go down any of those routes, uh, of course, we'll we'll keep you up to date uh, on all things Asia Cup as well on this podcast. So uh, don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to our feed, uh, whether it be on YouTube, whether it be on uh, via your podcast provider. 
as well. We'll have uh, two Asia Cup previews for you this week uh, before the tournament kicks off. Uh, we'll look at the competition in general. And then, of course, we'll look ahead to the big one, India versus Pakistan on Sunday, the 28th of August. Uh, a day or so before that, you'll be able to listen to our preview of uh, that particular match as well. And uh, we look forward to it uh, as well here on uh, 99.94. But thank you very much for listening to this episode and we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see... They've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Colby Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.